This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to McDelivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? It's been a weird week in Swindon Townlands. A lot of to and froing between the fans and the club over several things but i'm in a good place so i'm very happy thank you how are you yeah not too bad i reached a professional high when i got to use gate as a headline for the first time this week so so that was fun go on it was um uh, basically a hounslow council leader just uh, described chiswick as a backwater so of course (laughs) backwater gate oh nice a far cry from the Swindon Town beat, but I'm I'm more than sure there'll be a gate at some point for you to use. Yeah, I think we're quite close to brand gate or something like that. Um, we're no, we're, we're I think we're closing in on about two or three different gates at the moment on, <laughs> on the Swindon stuff. So oh, I, I think yeah. the second gate won't be far behind the first. Oh, well, my dear old Nan would say, "Shut the gate." And we need to do that at some point with various things, which we'll no doubt discuss during this press conference. Harrogate was easy, wasn't it? We needed one of those. Yeah, it was It was the perfect pill, really, from every other performance. I largely agreed with everything that was being said on the on the post-match from you guys. So that's that's always a good sign. You know, we, we weren't brilliant, but Harrogate were probably the worst side I've seen this season. I think maybe yeah. Colchester. And we lost that game, but I, I thought they were particularly <laughs> poor. Um, I think those would be my two suggestions. And of course, now managed by Ben Garner. But um, yeah, they were just, they, they had nothing to do. 
it was perfect match really free free nil swindon over in match report written by 70 minutes um most liked tweet of the season on the post match stuff that morris said so i mean it was pretty much the perfect afternoon on from my perspective yeah ben garner's got the colchester gig oh that's a humbling isn't it the valley and now to whatever is it colchester community stadium is that is that what the it's job called serve, i think is of for, course formerly the job serve community stadium yeah i mean it's a, it's a win-win for him, I think, because they're not going to go down and he can just say, I kept you up and then have, have a summer to sign Ellis Iandolo and, and onwards. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an awful job. I feel like, you know, have, having gone from Swindon and immediately having to step down after the Charlton debacle, as we will call it, there's, you know, I don't think anyone's left one in on Ghana yet that I've seen on Twitter, but... You know, a bit of a humbling, as you say, from from his perspective, but it's not an awful job. I feel like maybe he could have waited out and got a better one, but if if he if he just sort of wants to get back in this quickly, then Colchester's not an awful place to start. Although Matt Bleem, Bloomfield to Ben Garner doesn't feel the most natural evolution, but this isn't a Colchester podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. But good luck to the guy, and uh, I'll be sad when Manny Egbo rocks up next season with Jojo and, and Payne and they said and another Swindon colony will will emerge much like what became of Charlton and in many ways Leighton Orient. Yeah, I mean they've well they've they've had a few down there. Obviously Jordan Lydon's there at the moment and Rob Hunt. So that sort of enclave of of the league champion. So it'd be nice to see I mean Jordan Lydon won't be playing, he'll be injured. I don't know that for sure, I'm just guessing. Um but it would know, <laughs> be be nice to see that that different team then remember when we got to play there with with those guys and um cry at the fact that we'll lose about four nil to the league champions elect let's move to the press conference which well having listened to the press conference in full i have to say it was a whirlwind of emotions uh, mostly that of misery well yeah and not just because the the typical five minute answers were back i think it was a 20 minutes of this press conference. I think it clocked yeah. up probably on about four questions, really. But it, it, it's a task on the old hands. But yeah, there's. it would be tough to find too many positive strands from most of what was going on. I think everyone, obviously everyone's seen the live blogs and it's it's just, is this going well? No. <laughs> what, what, update on this thing? Bad. Any injuries? More. You know, it was, it was I think, as in terms of um, you know, cold hard facts of a press conference, it's probably as bad as any single one could be. Yeah, but still, he he talked really well and he lightened up. But he was never miserable. He was just sound exasperated, didn't he? Yeah, I feel like that that tone has come through more and more as the weeks have gone on for very obvious reasons. It was just. <laughs> I think every week there's been at least one of, I mean, I've told you guys this before, but it, and it's still this. And it was there was a lot of that going on because I've I sort of all said, probably not asked about Bran Ward for a week or two, so we should probably get back on that. And then it was, yeah, not not better. It was a tough one to to listen to for Swindon fans, I'm sure. Yeah, but still very, very interesting. that We, we, we kind of don't do everything in order when we do these presses just as a reminder so so we'll start with any other business because it's just the easiest place to put it and at the end of the Harrogate game Jody Morris questioned 
the fans for booing and it was inevitable that the question of the fans and what our contribution would be it's safe to say he he sides with the way support as they often do yeah i think it's it's fairly easy to do that with swindon because the away support is significantly more positive and just frankly better than the home um it, I, the thing that amused me about this i i don't i'm going to profile your audience here rich but i don't know how many of them would watch love island i'm going to guess not many um the just sort of the, the language used in this answer felt quite someone pulling someone for a chat on love island because he just from the word buzzing i was like this is going places and then he just <laughs> just sort of lays out the facts and says things in quite a strange way but um you know and the the suggestions of not wanting to be fake and that being quite a big thing and something he mentioned is his first print conference about wanting to be authentic to himself but um he, he was talking about um you know obviously you want to build a relationship with the fans and given what he said on saturday that was that was one that he was coming from a place of um a, a richie wellens or what i would call a, a jerry gill state of sort of slating the fans and seeing where it goes and then you know he's, he's saying obviously if he if he feel something should be brought up he's he's going to do that not wanting to build a relationship on as he said on a sort of a fake um an inauthentic base and you know very much voice himself to the fans um when he does stuff when they do stuff that he doesn't like for instance booing a, a sideways pass when frankly no other pass was on after four minutes <laughs> i think more of the listenership watch Love Island and Bath City, mate. Well, yeah, but I, I'm more than happy to drop the Bath City stuff in and know no one will say, no one will get it. I'm, you know, it's it's just, it's just a good reference point for myself. Just be glad that I understood the reference. It's probably because I've mentioned him before. No, no, I have this football disease, don't I, where, you know, if you don't know who manages Bath City, then you're failing at something. But in reality, I'm the one that's failing at something. Um, we'll move swiftly on. I don't watch Love Island, though, so I don't have a bloody clue what you're talking about. Well, yeah, it's just it's it's just a manner of talking that is becoming increasingly post-match interview. And this struck me as particularly that genre of, of talk. Oh, it's been a weird old week for me, so I've gone a bit uh, crazy. So, uh, well, let's move on to... What was an absolutely fascinating listen during this press conference? And that was when Andrew Hawes asked for an update on both Ed Brand and Lewis Wards. There wasn't much of one, but there was a lot on another. And no matter how much Jody Morris tried not to, oh, he got himself, well, he made his opinions quite clear in a way. <laughs> yeah, this was this was pointed about trying to be. Um, Lewis Ward wasn't really mentioned in in this answer. Again, for the sort of, I think, fourth consecutive week, I have just seen Lewis Ward knocking about the building, but he still still can't be signed for, you know, whatever reason Sutton have, have tied him down with, but he, he is still around. But on Ed Brand, um, he said he's, he, he's teased another statement, which I know are people, uh, the fans favourites things. They'd much rather have a statement than an actual appointment. So that that's good for all you statement fans. But um, Friday tomorrow. Yeah, Friday 5pm. <laughs> get on it, Dave Rixton. Um, but yeah, he was... He, he, well, he essentially said Ed Brand's probably either going to have to move in a different direction, or Ed Brand is going to have to resign from Chelsea, is what he said in as, in as many words. Um, he said 
um, talking about, you know, what the next steps are and looking what they are. He said the most likely or the easiest way out of this is Ed Brand is going to need to have a chat with Chelsea, which either means telling them to relent or quitting, basically. So that's that's where we are. We're, he said he, he understands why the secondment was used, but he was basically also quite annoyed about it because essentially is created this deadlock that Swindon have now been in for a full month. Um, and he's obviously, obviously the fact that it should have been a formality, but it has in no way been one. Yeah, Ed Brand's in a cushy gig, a very good gig. And it sounds like he doesn't want to jeopardise that, but also wants to try it, try senior football out, but maybe wants the best of both worlds. Whatever's happening, it's going wrong. I mean, it'd be incredibly interesting to speak to Ed Brand to get his thoughts on this, because, I mean, I didn't see him on Saturday, but in the previous home games, I have seen him at the counter ground. He's, he's been there. He's even been on the pitch. He just wasn't involved in the warm-ups. Everyone's... All the players have talked about him as a coach. So he is doing this job, right? He's just not on the on the touchline. But he's in this weird limbo of simultaneously, you know, wanting to work with Jody Morris and being happy to do that, but clearly not wanting to commit himself to it long term because he hasn't he's stayed at Chelsea throughout this. They're presumably still paying his wages at the moment. And the secondment thing was sort of was always going to be a short term thing. Anyway, maybe wanted to see how long Jody Morris might last at Swindon before uprooting himself. But it does feel quite lukewarm from him a lot. Yeah. Is this something that we should be concerned about? Not in terms of how the move was going to be made. And, you know, the Swindon Town have had a kick in this week for various reasons. And I'm not really going down that track. But on the Jody Morris front, you agree to a move on the basis of certain terms. And if your right-hand man isn't going to be there, does that change whether you as a head coach want want to be at the club anymore? Especially as it's quite clear, Jody Morris isn't a fan with how this has been dealt with. And there's no suggestion that's that that frustration is towards the club, but he, he seems so frustrated with it. And, these are sort of deal breakers usually. He's going to have a lot of friends in football and I'm sure he'll find a replacement for Ed Brand pretty quickly. And I think that's where I'm at now. If he's not happening, let's crack on, let's move on and let's bring someone else in. But what do you think? I mean, I was at that point two weeks ago, right? I asked him if he sort of had a backup and at that point it was very much, no, this is going to go through. But I 100% agree that question has to be asked. Is he going to put up with this? Is he going to, you know, wait around? Because... I mean, we all knew Jody Morris was kind of a coup when he came in because he's such a big name in coaching circles. Um, the reports at the time were the reason he'd agreed to come was because we'd agreed to get his assistant manager. And whose ever fault it is that Ed Brand hasn't come in yet, Ed Brand hasn't come in yet. So I personally, and I, I've, I've, got, I've received some stick for this before, I don't want to criticise the club, but from my point of view, it doesn't make any sense that this is a Swindon issue, because why would Swindon not? Why would Swindon be the ones holding this up? The only ones with any, without any reason to want this to to drag on a little bit, it are Swindon, right? 
it makes if Chelsea probably want to keep Ed Brand as a coach, and we all know what the FA and the EFL are like in terms of bureaucratic speed. You know, it does it doesn't make too much sense to me that Swindon were being would be the ones to be holding this up, but at the same time, they're clearly not doing enough to push it through. So I I do think it does need to be asked at what what is the long term future of Jody Morris at Swindon and what is this doing to his relationships with people higher up in the club because if this is a deal breaker then this has got to be you know something that's really putting strain on his relationship with not only Sandra Di Michele but Rob Angus and whoever else in the background who he has to be dealing with and has presumably had some quite frank conversations with about how long this has taken. Yeah, uh, I, I look forward to a Friday statement that starts with a tweet saying that Swindon Town admit that this has been one big faff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's not much else you can admit because it would it would take a it would take a bold person to suggest this has been anything but. I, I think at some point someone has to give here. Whether that's Ed Brand giving up his job at Chelsea, Swindon agreeing to pay whatever compensation is necessary or someone else just allowing this economment to go through. But it's just someone's got to do something, right? Agree. And I think my frustration is that I like how Jody Morris talks in terms of when he talks to you, good folks. And I think we're beginning to see bits and pieces about what he's implementing. And it would just be both a shame and just frightfully Swindony uh, for us to go, look who we've brought in. Oh, oh it's it's... It's gunning till the end of the season now. We go again in 2023-24. Yeah, it would be all this excitement. We get, we even get him through the door and he's done the... He's even started to take the team and then we've messed up, not even on his own contract, but his assistant managers. And then <laughs> you're back to the assistant you had anyway. Although, yeah. I mean, just, just in terms of fun football, I don't know that Gavin Gunning would be the worst thing. And also um, piffy quotes in the press conferences. Yes, you're thinking of yourself again. I'm always uh, thinking there. of myself, Rich. I'm very selfish. <laughs> Honestly, if you listen to this press conference from beginning to end, you would you wouldn't question why we're going down these avenues of you know the pessimistic side because he did sound completely annoyed but very polite about it and and it didn't stop there really did it because we're going to move to availability of squad now it doesn't get better <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> what's the damage well the damage is we've lost another one um it, it wasn't even a sort of a question it was um i think i think he didn't even mention it on the original injury stuff it was about you know would LSE Andler playing at, at the back be the one? Uh, would be the potential move with without you know, Kieran Brennan and Fraser Bay Tracy and the rest of them? And at that point, he said, well, we would probably do that, but LSE Andler was now injured too. Um, <laughs> injured somewhere between the sentence, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've probably all been waiting for the LSE Andler injury, I get because he, he seems to do it quite a lot, but... Yeah, at some point at training this week, he's um, he's had an injury, um, um, a problem with his heel, which means he's not completed a training session this week, was the phrasing used, which in, in sort of, you know, reading between the lines, it means he's kind of started them all and had to drop out because it was he was in pain. 
and they're they've not quite got the uh, test results back yet to know specifically what's happened and how bad it is. But um, the long and short of it is, Elise Andlo is rather unlikely to be involved this weekend. And then on those who are sort of coming back, Lavinia has started to do some training, but is still not even close to being back. And um, uh, initially, it I had to push him for it a little bit at the end, but Reese Devine is. I mean, more than more than likely going to be in the squad this weekend by default. Also, he should be finally fit by this weekend. So, defence. Defenders. We haven't got much, have we? It, it, there's going to be a couple of midfielders in that back three or four uh, this weekend. What, what did Jody Morris say on the defensive side? Because you can't polish this poop, can you? Yeah, Harrison Minturn's going to be... Um, he's got to be asking a few questions at the moment because... When he has played, he's looked he's looked more than competent, I would say, but doesn't even get a mention in terms of talking about defenders. And then, obviously, when we're asking about players coming in, um, that's gone badly too, um, as is the very much the theme. Um, he said that you know, he, I, I wish I was set, sitting here saying we had someone through the door, but no, um, of sort of the back to the deadline day not going as they liked. We all know sort of Malachi, Fagan, Walcott stuff that didn't go our way for whatever reason. And again, I think that's, you know, that certainly sounds like it was sort of a Clara Clara of some description on Swindon's end. Um, but um, he sort of talked about, obviously they've been trying very hard to get defenders in, but that's not, again, not looking likely that Swindon will have one for this weekend because um, he said he didn't want to talk about the reasons and then sort of did because he said that one defender... They were, or at least one, they've got to have come in and train with them. And then suddenly it materialised that that player wasn't fit. They couldn't come in because they, they couldn't play. So that's obviously not ideal. And then they thought they had someone and then they essentially couldn't agree the deal. For Someone who's out of contract in March is asking for too much money for Swindon, which I don't know what that says about our budget or what that player's wage demand is. Um, we it's it's tough to say whose who's end that's going to be on, but it's it's really not helping. And he suggested as well that the person had, or at least one player had sort of moved the goalpost. So um, a bit like, um, who was it last summer? Um, or the summer before even? Um, Stephen Island, who'd said he would play for free. And then, and that wasn't at all the case because we asked him to and he said no. And so, so it's sort of halfway through. Just decided the number they did want, they no longer want. So it sounds like it's been a very tough week in the life of Jody Morris and Sandro Di Michele trying to get someone through the door, and that has just not happened. It's very tough as a fan with very little knowledge of the inner framework of football and indeed football finance to have a week where we're publishing records account records and we're talking about like we're putting in the in the advisory board minutes how we've reduced the debt so much and yet we're asking for a lot of things for free at minimal wage we're not agreeing terms with footballers that need contracts for them to pay bills and continue with their careers and it's just a running theme. And then you have the Ed Brand situation where 
we thought we found a a best case scenario for all parties, which was a secondment, which seemingly isn't going to plan. Is there not a point for the for the for the best of our season? Just pay the money. They're not going to be asking championship wages, are they? They they need work. Surely, surely. Sometimes in this situation, you pay up. Well, you you would think so, wouldn't you? In sort of Swindon have got, I think it's now seven defensive injuries, um, players that were out of unprecedented numbers to be without player wise. So you have that little bit of sympathy with the transfer windows because you're thinking, well, obviously we're not going to get that many injuries, and then you do. But you know, the the was it was Adrian Mariapa, wasn't it? That was sort of floated earlier in the week. That's right. Yeah. I mean. I, how much can a thirty-six-year-old really be asking? What is our? Are we that tight to the budget that we sort of we can't do anything? There's if you know, and certainly everyone you know, fans obviously want want promotion, and I don't know what you know if if the ownership are that serious about it, would you not pay and just you know like to give ourselves any chance? We need at least one defender, probably two, so you surely would just go for it. I mean, either we're being far too cheap or someone is being far too demanding when literally no club in the Football League wanted them because you it's two transfer windows and you've got no club. Well, it just makes you it makes you worry from the outside. Not worry, but it makes you ask questions. And this is this is why like Rob Angus he went on the Sir Tom Broadbent lounge. He said he doesn't blame fans for having that sort of cynical view. Because when you put everything together, it's hard not to be. Yeah, I mean, every everything stacks up at the same time. There's, there's, you know, there's when, when this many things are happening to Swindon. I know I said it. I didn't feel like it was on our end, but I guess you know, I, 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 I perfectly think the Ed Brand thing is sort of, you know, yeah, that that that's that's probably somewhere else. But when it comes to something like this at the same time. There's, there's got to be some sort of issue with with what with what's going on with the financing because that they they can't it can't be that unreasonable there can't be no defenders who are within budget that who are, who would be good enough because the bar to be good enough is having legs basically at this point so yeah. five points off playoffs a game in hand on several teams above us. I'd be rolling the dice myself on on that front. <laughs> I just would be. I just would but be. If only there was someone else in that Chelsea side, um, that Mor- the Chelsea youth side that Morris used to manage. He doesn't have a club because George McEachran's worked out all right. We'd get another one of those guys. Unfortunately, I think the centre-backs are Mark Gehe and Ethan Ampadu. So probably uh, yeah, not those guys. But they're registered. So even if they were desperate and begging for the move, it couldn't happen because uh, it's so uh, unfortunate. How's 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 Jody Morris coping with the frustration of it all and and making the best of it? Indeed. Well, I mean, he's he's trying, isn't he? He's <laughs> he's uh, he's he's doing his best to at least veil the frustrations. Not overly well, but you know, he, he, there's there's clearly a concerted effort on his on his end to do it. Um, he, he was, I think, fairly honest on this one that, uh, <laughs> as we've been saying, there's sort of quite a few things racking up at this point that are making it quite difficult for him with the, you know, the amount of injuries Swindon have had with just such a ridiculous extent. And then him coming in the day before the transfer window ended and that that's made the hunt for cover even more difficult than it needed to be. Um, 
it's just been it's it's been very difficult for him. There's there's no no real way around it. He's you know he's trying to sort of get um, his points across the players. But he said even in training they couldn't really focus on what they were going to do for Leighton Orient yet because he had no idea what that team what that team's going to look like because he just hasn't he doesn't know who's going to be fit well enough to plan what the starting eleven is. Goodness me, and I don't even think there's much. Uh poker face in this I, th- I think generally and I'm feeling good ahead of the weekend which we'll talk about nearer to the end of the pod but I, I generally you know because we saw last week a couple of you know Tomlinson was on the bench Shade was on the bench uh, which he didn't give that vibe in the presser but there they were I, I don't think we're going to see too many surprises in the squad uh, ahead of the Orient game no, but it, it would be fitting if, um, especially ahead of playing Richie Wellens, that the the manager yeah, got cool. all smoke and mirrors in the press conference. I don't know how well Jody Morris would know um, the Richie Wellens era press pre match press conferences, but you know this, this was very much his thing, wasn't it? Just sort of, I know everything's bad, no chance, and then there we are. Afraid to break, Tracy actually wasn't injured at all. What a massive waste of time those were. Those presses <laughs> Even more were than for, usual. Ev- for everyone. <laughs> um, you know, and even then, sometimes he would say the truth, tell the truth. So you couldn't even like, ah, oh, it was, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about Leighton Orient. Then twenty eight minutes into the episode, so they're having a really great season, aren't they? <laughs> um, they include four friends of the pod. Richie Wellens, of course, is their manager. Lawrence Vigaru, Rob Hunt, Jordan Lydon. Uh, included, and then they also have director of football Martin Ling and Harry Smith's on their books, but he's on loan at Barnet. It doesn't sound like we're going to see Rob Hunt or Jordan Lydon um, this week because they haven't been playing recently. Whether they return back, especially for this one, we shall see. They are unbeaten in their last six games: a one-nil win at home to Wimbledon, then a two-nil win at Crewe, a one-one draw away at. Walsall, followed by a 2-1 win against Rochdale, and then a win against Crawley Town, a 1-0, and then 2-2 against Grimsby, which, given their exploits in the Cup, isn't a bad thing. We beat them 5-0. What on earth are the FA Cup sides um, doing at the moment? Uh, what did Jody Morris say about Leighton Orient? Well, probably the most positive Jody Morris got throughout <laughs> the press conference was was a report of how much he enjoyed watching Leighton Orient play. Um you know, he, he said, but basically everything that could be right with the team was right with Leighton Orient. As I mean, we sort of sort of saw coming in terms of Richie Wellens being given an off season. He's he's quite good at those, if I remember correctly. Um, so he said that you know they they put they play exactly how we he would want his team to play. They're really well coached. Uh, they they get the ball down. They play great possession football. Only second only to Swindon in terms of that statistic this season. He said that you know. Not just for the fact that they are top of the league, you know, he's, he, he thinks they they very much are the best side in this division. Have having watched them back, because clearly they they've impressed him quite a lot in his um in this few moments where he wasn't fretting over central defenders this week. Yeah, they they've been top of the league since since game fourteen. <laughs> they've been top, and they've been top two since game three. <laughs> <laughs> so they've 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 had a splendid season and they're currently although Stevenage have a couple of games in hand against them they're they're 11 points clear they're going up whether it's champions or second or third it won't matter really to an orient fan 
guess given how long they've been top four, they want they want the trophy, but they all get trophies these days, don't they? It's rubbish. Yeah, they, they've had a, they've had a good time, and it's 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 a stable squad that they've got, isn't it? They've, they've I mean Lawrence Vigaru, I think he's played every game in the league, and they've got Theo Archibald up front. Charlie Kelman on loan from QPR at the back. They've got Tom James and Omar Beckles and George Moncur, another Swindon link there, uh, who plays in midfield. He scored coming on as a sub in their last game. It's it's a it's a nice, tidy team he's assembled, isn't it? Not not full of superstars, or full of you know, people like George Moncur with good signings, but just been there, done that. And they've not scored, they've not got like a, a talisman, have they? I think Paul Smith's their top scorer with nine, but they've they've just built a nice team with Rob Hunt. Oh. It's tough to be not be a nice team with Rob Hunt in it, really. But um, exactly, yeah, I, th- I believe we spared Paul Smythe. I believe he's injured at the moment. He's he was he was absolutely electric for them um, when they played at the County Ground earlier in the season. I remember he was he was a top top player. Obviously, Vigaru's you know second best goalkeeper in the league this season. But yeah, it's it's not got sort of that flash player. We we all remember how much Richie Williams is always searching for that sort of big-name striker to be in his team. They've not really got one of those so much, but it is just a team that's you know, really, really well put together. They, they, they've they mastered the Richie Williams football pretty quickly. Um, um, you know, <laughs> they, they, they feel like it, they, you know, it's tough to disagree with Jody Morris and what he said about them because they are, they're galloping away with it. They've, they've, Played, just played. They had that little bit of a wobble where you thought maybe Steve Nidge would come back into it, but you know they've they've lengthened that league one lead once again. And Steve Nidge had a wobble of their own, and we're hopefully playing at a time where they might be able to con- to sort of um, give it old concede and be like, well, we won the title now. Let's let's give it up and give up give old Swindon a nice three points. Oh, it would be the nicest gift that Richie could possibly. Give us in our time of need. Didn't give it to his last season, though, when they were playing for nothing. No, no. Shame, shame. Uh, Lawrence Vigaru, he's, he's really turned himself to quite a, an outstanding lower league goalkeeper. And I, I kind of expect him still to kick on a little bit. Even He saved a penalty last week against Grimsby at 2-2. And... It's becoming the norm for Orient fans to to say that he, he's really turned things around, and you don't you don't hear the the sort of tales that we used to experience in his early days as as a Swindon player, which were great fun. And when I spoke to him all those years ago, just the nicest guy, nicest guy, and I'm, I'm really happy he's he's found a club where he, he's settled. Yeah, he's clearly enjoying himself. I think. Play, being in London probably helps him. It's you know he's he's not paid a single fine in pennies um, that we know of since since he's been to Leighton Orient. It is it is still quite surprising that he's never gone higher because even with all of his his antics at Swindon, he was still quite clearly a goalkeeper above this level. And the fact that he's played at League Two for as long as he has is is quite strange. But you know Swindon we've did did one quite easily in the end last week, but. Goal scoring's not been a huge strength of us this season. So coming up against someone like Vigara, who's, you know, he's had quite a few penalties this season as well as just being 
generally very good in goal. So that's another not particularly good sign. That's pretty much it in terms of uh, Leighton Orient chat. So I reckon we should go to the Jozo now. Let's do it. Just to sort of clarify on Divine, is he available to be in the squad this weekend? Will he be involved? Yeah, he's available to be in the squad, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, how much would he I'd imagine he'd be in the squad this weekend for <laughs> sure <laughs> um, on the <laughs> yeah no he's um, yeah. To, to be fair to him as I said he, he trained really well last week but um, probably if there was a toss up between the the medical department of kind of where him or Joe was at even though he trained slightly longer than Joe he he's obviously had a really troubling year with injury so you gotta be careful with kind of chucking him in. But yeah, listen, he's he's trained trained well and it's it's another one that you're, you're pleasing to see that is out on the grass for longer than a few days. And on Charlie Austin, he's got one goal since you've come in. Do you feel like you're getting the most out of him and is he giving you everything you want him to be giving so far? Yeah, I'm I'm pleased with Charlie for what he's been giving me, um, as far as like effort and stuff like that. I think he's trying to lead the line um, I think there's elements where we can play to his game a little bit better as well like I said that you guys have seen and spoke to me plenty of times after games that you know that I'd, I'd want us to be doing a lot better on the ball in certain games and for Charlie to show us what he's capable of we'd need to be staying in the opposition half a lot a lot longer and a lot better and creating better chances so um, yeah, I've had no problems with Chaz as far as what his effort has been and what he's what he's trying to give us. The, it's not all about goals, although Charlie and most strikers will tell you that they'd like to be getting a lot more goals. Um, I'd like him to be getting a lot more goals. That, that's that's no different to any manager. But at the same time, you've I'm I'm more than pleased with Chaz. Um, he's I think been leading the line well, trying to help the younger lads and. Um, yeah, he he's always going to want goals. He can score three or four, and he'd be coming off thinking he could have maybe got got some. But that's what that's what all the top strikers do. Um, listen, at the moment, I think everybody can be doing better as far as creating chances and scoring goals. So it doesn't just fall on Charlie Austin. Right then, so you asked about Reese Devine because you simply had to. It was sort of chucked in there. And Charlie Austin, Reese Devine. It's you know a few weeks ago, I'd have be I would have called Swindon absolutely barking mad to roll the dice on him because he's played eighty minutes this season, and that was in the Football League trophy. But then George McEachern comes in, having had a casual year and a bit off, and has been so effective for Swindon. So there's nothing to say that Reese Devine can't be. But it's so risky, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I asked the question because he got asked about Divine and Tomlinson um, and then just sort of talked about Tomlinson. So I, I just felt we kind of had to circle back to him. Like, he is ready, right? He, do, he does exist. We're, we're certain on this. It's um, just making sure he wouldn't turn into another Agomba Milan missing figure because you know, we, we could quite do with, at the very least, just another body. Um I, I think even even now we will probably be used from the bench. I mean, that may, maybe that is thinking a bit too rosy about it because we, we don't have defenders. But I, I would imagine he won't start, certainly. But 
I mean, I mean, clearly, clearly, you just you can just walk in and into a League Two side. It's not that difficult. If I mean, you do have to be as good as George McEachern is, but um, there, there's clearly that precedent set now for Divine. Um, I have seen him before. I know he exists. Um, it, it would, it will, even having seen him play football, it will still be quite strange to see him play because it feels like this is about the fourth time this season where he has been back. But on on those previous times, he didn't actually end up playing. And so many managers have talked up how how good he is. So it, it will it will be really strange to actually see him out on the pitch. Yes, indeed. As I said, there his only appearance was eighty three minutes against Plymouth Argyle, and then he was on the bench in November in the FA Cup loss or for the FA Cup loss at Stockport, and that has been that nothing else at all. So for such a big game. It's it's quite it's going to be quite the thing for him, but we'll see. Charlie Austin, Charlie Austin against Harrogate played more like a number eight than than a number nine. He was very well. He was much deeper than than I would expect. And he, and as he ha, as he has been throughout his second town stint, he he's kind of all over the place in in a good way. But him being elsewhere isn't in the middle of the box waiting for the crosses. He's putting them in, or he's he's trying to create stuff. How have you found Austin's uh, return so far? Well, I think you can kind of give him a pass for a lot of the a lot of the Morris Absolutely. performances so far because you know, games like Sutton, he scored. We barely had the ball. You know, we didn't really create anything at Salford. So and the same against Doncaster. So what's he really going to do there? It was just I think it particularly notable for me when Rashawn Hepburn Murphy scores his second goal. Austin is like sort of two seconds behind him to that ball. And just thinking, is he all right? Because that's Charlie Austin. This this is kind of his thing, uh, is is just being there. And him, he just seemed to be drifting a bit more than you would expect Charlie Austin to do. Especially sort of, you know, he he talked in in both of his interviews about just, you know, for fullbacks, I'll I'll be in the middle, so get it there. And he just seemed to be looking for the ball a bit too much. So it was. No, if if Charlie Austin wants to do that, then I'm more than happy for Charlie Austin to do it because it's probably the right thing. But yeah, you know, he he definitely knows more than me and anyone else. But it it just did just feel like maybe he was he was feeling that for him goal drought a bit more than than he might do by going searching for the ball instead of being where he got his goals in the in the glorious Gunning era. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been largely impressed with his work rate and his effort and what he does is is pure experience isn't it because where we've had center forwards that just look lost he do, he refuses to get lost and he'll go and get stuck in and and hope that somebody is is filling the void that he's that he's created and that's something to be admired because he is so busy isn't he and he, he runs himself into the ground and he always looks happy to leave after after 75 80 minutes or what have you but he's earned it when he goes off yeah, I mean, the fact that we, you know, I don't think people, it's kind of the opposite of people we were expecting. We just sort of knock about at the top, tap it in when the ball goes in the middle and he wouldn't do too much running. We could play the full game. But, you know, that, that was kind of the issue at Sutton where he'd done so much running for so many other people that he couldn't be on the pitch when it counted and we needed, when we might have needed that bit of experience from him. He's, he's, he's clearly giving everything he's got, which is, it's, it's lovely to see. It's, and hopefully it, it will come back and he'll, he'll score as score, you know, probably, I mean, he's on four goals, right? He probably will make double figures, but 
if, if, if he can get back in the middle and get back in the goals quickly to, to go with all the good play he has done outside the box because we, we know what his game truly is and it's it's not quite so much that link up as much as he is doing a good job of it. Yeah, doing a captain's job, that's that's for sure. How many goals do you think Charlie Austin would score for AFC Portchester? I mean, triple if not quadruple figures. Yeah, I think so. Before we move on to the player guest and appreciate time is you know, really getting the best of us this week. Uh, there were a few questions about next season. God, I can't get my head around this. Um, what's happening next season? What's happening with contracts? And who's he talking to? Yeah, I think the, the question after is, is he even going to be here for the rest of this season, let alone next? <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he's, he's he talked about the fact that you cut, he, he has been thinking about next season because you always have to be. He's, as much as you are thinking about promotion in the playoffs, um, said that can't always that can't be a hundred percent of your focus. You you do have to think about the long term in this in these scenarios, which I think for those for those who might have been putting a, a bet on him to be next League Two manager to leave um, might might throw a bit of a spanner in the works because to give that an, to give that answer when he could very much he could easily just throw it off with a no I'm all in on this season I, I'm thinking about the next game nothing else. But he was talking about the long term, and um, <laughs> this this is again where he kind of brought it back into suspicions about what's going on with the higher ups at Swindon. Where he thought, yeah, we need to be prepared to to deal with the stuff that we haven't dealt with this season. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, more more to do, and with with the injuries as well. But sort of very much into the sort of you know, if we could get someone who could file a form properly, that would be nice kind of thing. And then sort of the contract specifically towards Hepburn Murphy and Williams, who were the kind of big name free agents for Swindon this season because we sold the other ones um, off before they could get to that point. But he said he's not he's had talks with them about their future, but not so much their contracts, where it's just sort of what what the best parts are for them. Maybe a little bit more with Williams on on the contract side because he said he'd he already had those conversations a little bit. Um, a few weeks ago, when he when we spoke to Williams, but it's sort of very much still quite early for for them to be anywhere close to down the road on those two. And Hepburn Murphy said very much the same thing uh, a few minutes later. Oh, Johnny Williams screams of two year deal at Colchester at the end of the season, does he not? <laughs> oh, he's absolutely going there. He's as <laughs> he's he's either off to Hibernian or he's off to Colchester, definitely. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Well, there'll be plenty of. Uh the future chat as as the weeks ramble towards the end of the season so our player guest was Rashawn Hepburn Murphy which was nice to hear him it was it was your usual sort of player much quicker than than the Jody Morris experience which is a band I will form (laughs) I'm very excited to see you perform yeah but they are quite quick answers from Hepburn Murphy but I always think he gives Quite, he has very interesting things to say, even in those short bursts. Which, in terms of longer term copy, isn't great, but he is always quite an interesting listen. I find. Yeah, so there was there were a couple of questions on the Newport issue, um, but very very keen to put it in the past. Yeah, he said obviously it was it was not great for him to to have done that in in Jody Morris's first game, but after Saturday he came back in, got got his goals as as brilliantly taken as they were. Um, and now he's he's very much f- f- thinking that next game more than 
more than trying to dwell on on the the very rash nature of what happened at Newport. Yeah. And and your question in the Joe zone is on Newport. So let's listen to that now. Because you had quite a few sort of near misses and chances and stuff throughout the last month. So I think you hit the post a few times mm-hmm. in Grimsby and Gillingham. So mm-hmm. how, how tough was it for you to sort of stay positive and keep believing that you would get those goals? Um, it's, it's a natural striker's in, instinct just to, just to stay positive. It gets a bit frustrating having the misses, keepers making really good saves, hitting the post and whatnot, but it's just get, being in the right areas. Like If you're not really getting the chances, then you, you, you'd be probably more frustrated with the fact that I am getting them chances. One of them one of them will go in and on the weekend. I had two and two of them winning, so yeah. yeah and Morris spoke about sort of your attitude after the Newport, so were you sort of even more keen then to, to show him what you had when you couldn't be playing? No, most definitely. Like I said, it wasn't the right start, especially the Gaffer's first game being in, but... It's just about how after after the red card, it's about how I made amends to to the gaffer and the staff and and the fans especially. So it was a good reaction from me, I think. So for me, thanks for showing. So yeah, he's just staying positive. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he's he's shown that reaction was quite good, and Morris had talked about it before, which obviously inspired the question. But it's it sounds like he's 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 done all the right things. He he never sort of got his head down at any point, which given everything that's happened to to our HM over the past couple of years with with all his injuries and then having to sit out a few more games with a suspension he probably quite easily could have done but def- definitely had the the right attitude and showed it with the with the clinical header and then scuffed finish <laughs> it wasn't going in any other way that scuff it needed to be a scuff it's proper football brain uh he was asked about getting fouled um and it sounds like uh Jody Morris has had a word yeah he was maybe sort of the McCurdy of this season from this way of of don't try and sort of flip the guy over your shoulder, basically, um, was probably the the conversation had. But he said that, you know, given the lengthy entries he's had, getting kicked and knocked about and stuff is is gets on his nerves quite a bit at this point. He doesn't obviously want to be out for another two years. So it, it naturally for, um, makes him a bit hot-headed, but he's, you know, he didn't, he didn't flare up against... Um, against um, Harrogate and obviously he's had the, the chat with Morris so hopefully we'll see a slightly calmer version of him moving forwards Yeah because suddenly he's quite an important player for us isn't he? Yeah I, I always felt in January that you know everyone was all in a, on a centre back I felt another winger was going to be quite key because we didn't have too many but he's, he's you know, I, I think from this year when he's fan, finally managed to get in the team um, getting over the injuries and then suspensions and stuff. He's he's been very important and uh, when, when in a, especially in a team where you kind of and but certainly before Austin got here there was no real goal scorer in it and then you have a, a striker who can play out wide like Hepburn Murphy who has that kind of instinct to get in the box as well and he talked about that and you know, when when he plays on the wing it's it's making sure he gets in on the other side and gets into that box and having someone else with that mentality outside of Austin is is very important which which again we saw with those goals and Charlie Austin as per was 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 asked about more praise yeah every player is going to get that question I think they should probably have a brainstorm session in the um in the kit men room about what they're all going to say but obviously he very much enjoys working with Charlie Austin and um talk and he's all apparently he's always getting conversations with him about um, how we can get into those areas and um, just sort of Austin passing on as much as he can to these players, which is 
which is exactly what we wanted from him coming in. So it's given the lack of experience, which is well noted. It's it's very good to see that Austin is is playing that senior figure role to the perfection. Yeah. As a result of Austin being here, it kind of means that Hepburn Murphy has to play on the wing instead. How's he finding that? Yeah, he, he definitely get sort of sounded like someone who very much would rather play up the middle, but um, said that a lot of managers have played him on the on the wing, so he's used to it. And I think even the even the way he does play out wide, it's not sort of he's not touchline hugging, getting chalk on his boots kind of thing. He does sort of there's a lot of fluidity in that Swindon front line. It was quite tough to pin down, especially early on, what formation they were using because. Williams was everywhere. Hepburn, Murphy, and Wakeling were running around all over the shop as well as Austin was drifting to the left quite a lot as well. So I, th- I think it is again a, a role that is sort of between playing as a, a winger and a striker. So I think it does, certainly does suit him as much as he would, if in an ideal world, be playing straight up the middle. And how's he feeling ahead of Saturday? He's he's very excited for Saturdays. Having gotten that goal, and he really wants to push on towards um, playoffs. There was, certainly from him and Morris spoke about it as well, they're, they're still very, very hot on getting in that postseason. They've not wavered from that, even with the difficult weeks they've had as a team and off the pitch as well. So he's he's very excited to get going and late Orient didn't seem to scare him any. Oh, and, and then he was asked finally about his future, but it was your usual, um, just focusing on the season and... Uh, Pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, the the answer they almost certainly told him in in a classroom at Aston Villa. If talks come, great, but I'm still thinking about this season, um, <laughs> which, which I think someone who's he's probably played what less than ten games this season. I think you know he probably shouldn't be thinking about his future yet anyway. In terms of where he's going to be, he's he's got to got to keep just trying to play games and then. And then if he can continue to string that together, he, he will get the contract no bother because I'm sure Swindon will want to keep hold of him. And if not, someone else would definitely want to do it. Yes, indeed. Well, here we go. Leighton Orient, I don't think I've lost at home since the 1st of October. Um, so prediction-wise, I'm going for Leighton Orient 2, Swindon Town 3. Whoa. Quiet. I mean, you, you said you were confident. You've you've put that out. Yeah, I think I think you know all of this talk of the lack of defence. Uh, I know Orient have got a couple of injuries. I think there's going to be some expectancy. There's that buffer that they have. They can afford to lose at least one, and we've got nothing to lose really, other than a playoff place potentially. But but we might as well just go for it. And our attack is our strength, so we might concede a couple, but we're going to score a few. My goodness, imagine if I get this. I believe. Yeah, um, I've, I've I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I, I, a lot of me wants to say the same score as last season at Brisbane Road. I, I can kind of see um, the Swindon defence even even against Harrogate still looked a little bit open. Oh, late or in a quite. I I don't want to do it, but I kind of I can can see four one again. Ah, oh, let's go with it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. That's that's what my head's saying, and hopefully. I can jinx it in a positive way. Jinx it in a positive way, please, because it's a long way home when you lose four <laughs> one, as you as you learned last season. Okay, well let's hope I'm right. Um, just got a good feeling. Just got a good feeling about it, but we'll see. Looking forward to it, Joe. Thank you very much. Nice one, thanks, Rich.
The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Whoa. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.